And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Luckily, dependable Dave Filoni and crew create Rebels with new characters, new places, and new adventures, thus keeping hope alive for this podcast. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Rebels. In this episode, the ghost crew hatches a plan to free Lothal, though a traitor may be in their midst. There will be... Wolf fights! Ezra takes a big risk. Ketsu does nothing for 22 minutes, but none of that matters because Hondo is right. We're talking about a fool's hope this week. Chris, it's hot as summer. <laughs> it's hot here, too. It's <laughs> technically not even summer anymore, right? I think summer's over now. When this episode comes out, when we're recording, it's It'll definitely be over by the time this episode comes out. Listeners, yeah. what you don't know is the last 15 minutes have been, before we started recording, is just me and Chris bitching about how hot we are. Talking about <laughs> how much we're sweating. And we're just so tired from the heat and stuff. And Chris was like, there's not a lot of notes. I'm like, it's hot. <laughs> I actually, our, our, our hot water heater is malfunctioning and and not really not heating the water so i took i had to take a cold shower today and it was awesome like you know how usually like you get out of the shower and you dry off with your towel and and you feel like you're getting dry but you've just had hot water on you you know so you're just drying off but when you get out of cold water it's like getting out of a pool you know you put the towel on and then the towel's like warm on you and it's like oh (laughs) I've never been able to do cold showers, which is I don't so funny. like them, but I get used to it. You know, I mean, I get used to them after a couple minutes, but the first, getting you getting used to it is rough. But like, I mean, it's like swimming in a lake. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I've like showered off outside of pools and stuff like that, where you know they have those little outdoor sprinkler things, or if you're at the beach and stuff, and those are cold. But, like, when it comes to, like, getting in my bathtub, I'm just like, no, it's too cold. I can't. Uh, I don't know about a cold bath. <laughs> a cold bath might be kind of dangerous. Well, no, well, like, it's like swimming in a lake. Bathtub. You know, like, yeah. you, get, you get in your bath and turn on your shower. You don't, like, yeah. sit in the cold water. That's not what I mean. But I don't know. I just, I can't. Like, I I can do a, a lukewarm shower. That's the best lukewarm. I can do. I, I mean, I mean, I don't do them out of choice, but I mean, I had to do it today because I needed it. I actually, I, yeah, I just needed a shower so bad. And, uh, but I got to say, if once it was over, it felt great. I was, I was cooled down for probably like an hour after that, where I was just like, <laughs> feeling actually, all squeaky clean. There's a lot of uh, pros to cold showers. Like, it's better for your hair. It's it's uh, good, good for, for your circulation. Yeah, it's good for your metabolism, for trying to lose weight. Like, it can help your metabolism. Like, there's actually a lot of benefits to cold showers. Am I going to do it? No. No. <laughs> Not by choice. Bur- birth control? <laughs> Only if you sex on the shower. 
well no that was that's i maybe it, that's you know that was the old uh old wives tale was you know some guy got all hot and bothered or not some guy oh, mostly goes, mostly guys yeah. go take a cold shower yeah oh, oh, it was yeah. very similar to a wet blanket absolutely <laughs> i see what you're saying <laughs> um but yeah it's been a good week um just hanging out and like my cats are sweltering but they're cute you can tell my cats are hot because, like, they'll go to lay down on a blanket and then just be like, no, and then no, just lay out find on a the a nice seat. piece of a linoleum or, like, wood floor. Our yeah. cat lays down on the floor, and when it gets up and moves away and you walk where it was sitting, it's like the floor is hot for where it was laying. It's just like, oh, buddy. Zeb's <laughs> the same way. Like, Zeb has a little um, cat bed that sits on an ottoman that he loves to sleep on, but lately, like, he'll sit in the ottoman for about 10 minutes, and then he'll just get up and lay on the glass table yeah, <laughs> right beside yeah. it. That, that and, disperses the heat a lot better. Yeah. She's She's got... Our, our, our Bernice has got to learn to... Uh, let us pet her longer she only lets me pet her for a few few minutes before she wants to claw me but like so you can't you can't uh get the get the fur off her i'd love to take her out on the porch and just like get the old glove and brush and just like brush off all her extra hair It'd probably feel real good but nope she wants to claw yeah so she's gonna sweat <laughs> sweat wet at you going like a kitty jet <laughs> i don't know when that we reached the point of the show of sir mix a lot which again to the episode hey did you like this episode i love this episode i, I definitely episode definitely too. my favorite episode this season so far oh really cool yeah really? by by like i don't know i you know it, it takes a lot to get past that palpy but this is packed full of the stuff that chris likes you, wow. you know me. I like I like the action Star Wars stuff, but this is just yeah. It don't it doesn't get any better than this for the most part. I'm actually really shocked to hear that because you were singing Palpy for the last two weeks. I know, I know. I forgot about this episode. It's so weird because this episode was attached to the finale. They aired this with the finale in like an, an hour and a half block. Because the finale is is forty is an hour long finale, so it's so it it's kind of lumped in there so often. So it is very different watching it it's on on its own. Because I haven't watched this episode on its own without the finale attached to it, and it's it's awesome. It's a oh, really that's good right. Episode. We got a double sized episode next week. I know. I already have a note in my my notes to start outlines early. <laughs> <laughs> Because it already takes it takes me about three to four hours to write Jagas and Jedi notes. So when it's a double episode, I usually try to stretch that over two to three days. <laughs> because it's just a very long sitting if I do it all at once. So <laughs> I like this episode too. Um, I I have don't really have any super deep notes. <laughs> Most of my notes are kind of shallow, but that's just because like. It's great. Like, it's just one long, amazing fight. Yes. So, I wrote a little Kalazeb fan fiction in there, so it's there, so. <laughs> All right, well, you ready to get into this? I'm ready. All right. <clears throat> a Fool's Hope is the 73rd episode of Star Wars Rebels, and it was released on March 5th, 2018. It was written by Henry Gilroy and Stephen Melching, and it was directed by Dave Filoni and Saul Ruiz. Some extra information for you. 
All right, people, listen. This is my favorite piece of Star Wars trivia ever. <laughs> Ready? Here we go. Produced as a joke for the crew, there was a version of the Lothwolf attack sequence that replaced all the cries of the stormtroopers with the sounds of squeaky dog toys. And there are some fan-made versions of this on YouTube, and it's hilarious. Just imagine this, the wolves and the attack biting into Rook, and he just goes, ee <laughs> Well, you also, you also sent me a, uh, one of those YouTube videos. So now when I watch, then I watch that episode. So I had to watch that episode and hear the squeaky toy noises every time. You can't unhear it. Nope. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. It's it's it, that's probably like that's my favorite piece of Star Wars trivia is there's a version where all the stormtroopers are squeaky toys just squeaking and the wolves are just like hey like I just I wish they would officially release that version where it's all rendered and beautiful and stuff because you can tell like a fan made version they you know they just laid it over on top and it's still funny but I love that note it's just so good. This episode was originally titled Ezra's Gambit. The final title of Fool's Hope is a reference to a quote from Gandalf the Grey from Lord of the Rings. The appearance of the Lothwolves behind Ezra mirrors the appearance of him summoning the Fearnock to attack the Grand Inquisitor way back in Season 1. Only this time, Ezra is in far more control of his emotions and focused. An early draft included a scene of all of the Empire's big villains talking together to plot the future of the Empire. One of these villains was Director Krennic from Rogue One. They did early designs for him, but the scene ended up getting cut early on. And finally, in Rebels Recon for this episode, they talked about Ezra's ability to connect with people as all of their friends from previous episodes were coming together. Dave Filoni says that Ezra has an ability to see beyond who they appear to be. He cares about people and connect with them on a deeper level. They talk about the fight scene with the Empire Rebels, Lothwolves, and all the ships and stuff going on. And it was one of the biggest animated scenes they did with different individual characters. Unlike, say, Clone Wars, where all the clone troopers looked the same because they all had, like, the same helmets and stuff. They make it really difficult. It makes it really difficult to render. But they wanted these big, huge fight scenes with everyone because it's the finale. They pulled out all the stops, and it was all hands on deck for their animators. You know who else is on hand, all hands on deck for their stuff? Mm-hmm. All hands on what? Mm-hmm. Hi, Yoda. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Yoda's got a nice deck. Really? Really? It's got Did a you... grill, grill on it and everything. Oh, okay, so you're talking about a real deck. So it's a nice, like, yes. wood. What? Filled with some nice firm wood. What 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 did you think Yoda was talking about? I don't know. There's soft wood, you know. <laughs> what? A nice a nice stain shot across the wood. <laughs> a waterproof deck. Yeah, yeah. Got a waterproof that you know in case there's any. What, what, what kind of showers do they have on, on Dagobah? You know, during sunset, they... <laughs> during sunset of Dagobah, they're, they look uh, kind of... Uh, rain golden. showers. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> wow. I know I must be hot and tired because I'm playing along with Yoda. Instead Yoda of keeping... Does, Yoda doesn't get it. I, I'm enabling Yoda. 
<laughs> um, I made up a question for you. Question for Yoda, yes. Yeah, I I, I made it up for you. You ready? Mm-hmm. Ready, so Yoda is. So in the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, you fought and rode on a battle llama. Yes. Patient animal. Yes, very patient. Have you ever fought with a wolf before? Mm, no, Doki's good. Good boys. Mm. Yoda no, I mean, I mean like, I mean like alongside them. Oh yes, Yoda scratches her back, make leg go kick, 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 kick. <laughs> oh. Funny. Oh my gosh, you should totally ride on a wolf. It'd oh. be so cute. Oh, Yoda's allergic. Oh, but hypo hypoallergenic wolf, yes. Well, we will take it on the porch and uh, get the defibrillator for yes. thing and brush Yoda it would down. Ride a Yoda would ride a labradoodle. <gasps> battle de labradoodle. Battle space battle labradoodle. Space battle labradoodle. Someone draw it with Yoda riding it. Oh my god. Yes, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. One of, my, one of my coworkers just got a hypoallergenic puppy. They're really cute. Yeah, yeah. puppies are really cute. I mean, <laughs> but it's it's great because I'm allergic to dogs, but this one I can just like grab it and be like, Wee No problem. Oh yeah, I forgot you were allergic to dogs. Yeah, I mean, I get used to them after a while, but I, like, if I like when my coworkers bring their dogs, I gotta wa wash my hands before I touch, you know, my face or anything. I gotta like soak my hands right up. Yeah. Not with this little pupple though. I can roll this one right around on my face and everything. It don't care. I don't care. I just imagine like your your neighbors coming in and you're just like holding their dog up to your face, rubbing it on all your face, and they're just like, "Um, sir, can you put our dog down, sir?" That's pretty sir. much. That's pretty much. Yeah, that's not too uh, far <laughs> from reality. <laughs> do you do you mind? <laughs> the, the, the girl next door's got a big old golden lab, and every time it sees me, it comes running over, and I'll just start scratching it on the side, and it'll just go plop down on the ground. And it takes her like ten minutes to get him to get up. Man, our neighbors are not that cool. <laughs> Though I will say, when they got their one of their dogs, it used to wander into our yard. And wonder, one time this dog was just like, hey, and it was sitting on our porch, and we were just like, oh, hey, Katie. And so we came outside to get it, and it slithered into our house. So we had a dog at our house, and it was so excited because it was still a puppy that it just started peeing all over our house. Oh, yeah. And so we herded it out, and my stepmom took the dog back while I cleaned up our neighbor's dog's pee. And the cats were probably just like, what the hell was that? I know. <laughs> what the hell just happened here? What, what is when, that smell? When our cats used to still be outside cats, um, it would he would run over and try to play with them, and they'd just be like, "What are you? <laughs> Why are you here?" So that dog's really lucky it didn't lose an eye, because Carmilla does not fuck around. She she does not like being fucked with. So anyway, everyone. Speaking of dogs that don't like to be fucked with, 
Yeah. Black wolves. Yeah, really. Big old black wolves. Next one. I'm ready. I trust me, I'm ready for this one. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna carry this one, man. Let's do this. Act one. We open with something we haven't seen for some time. We open with the ghost, our beautiful ship that we love so much but haven't seen in like seven episodes. Rex is flying while Hera and Alexander Kellis rides along. They call into Jupa Base with a familiar voice answering. Coming down to the planet, there's an Imperial walker that's been decked out like a very familiar Jupiter fishing boat from season two. I wrote fighting boat, but I meant fishing. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's kind of a fighting boat. It is. (coughs) Sorry. (coughs) I choked on spit. We're fine now. I know, right? Extra classy. But yeah. Rex We're going to have a podcast someday mate, called Chris Chris Makes Hope Choke on Spit, and all I do is try to crack you up while you drink water through a straw. Oh, God. You know, I want I have thought about, like, it would be fun to try and do those, like, don't laugh challenges where you're given a series of videos that you're not supposed to laugh at. Depending, I would either be very good or very bad, depending on the video I got. <laughs> so... Oh, I could... A video... No problem. A funny person could get me, but like videos, I could like just like clamp down and be like no reaction and laugh inside. Oh my god, now we must do a no laugh challenge with you. Laughing on the inside. Anyway, Rex lands the ghost on top of the walker and they're greeted by his commander sassy eye roll man, Commander Wolf. Wolf brings them inside, and it's a collection of all the side characters from previous seasons that are not already on Lothal. Ketsu, who is still barely a character, is there, and so is the greatest pirate to ever live, Hondo Onaka. And Hondo is with his ugnot piggy partner, Melch. So it's a very lively bunch. Hondo starts chewing up the scenery and being all of his pirate glory. Callus who has never been impressed with Hondo a single time, is like, can we get back to the mission? Oh my god, I just remembered that Kalos had an entire episode hanging out with Hondo, and then Zeb escaped into a star cluster, and and, Cal- and Hondo was like, cool, and Kalos spent an entire day with Hondo, I just remembered this. <laughs> Yay! Wolf brings up that they haven't received any word about this mission from Rebel Command, and Hera says it's not an official mission. This is personal. They're liberating Lothal for Ezra. And at first, everyone is like, um, there's 15 of us against an entire planet full of Imperials. But slowly, they all start remember, they all start remembering how cool the Jedi were way back in the Republic days and how much they love a good Jedi boy. Hera is so relieved that they all want to join the fight. And Hondo tips his cap like a, like a grand pirate and says, says that he will do anything for that boy. Back on Lothal, Ezra is meditating on the spot where Kanan meditated before he died, and I cried a little bit. He senses that something is changing, and he wants to talk to Hera. Back in camp, all the Lothal group is together, and Visago has joined up with them too. They have Hera Hera on Holoscape. Ezra's entire plan hinges on the fact that Thrawn is currently away, living out the novel Thrawn Treason. 
but Ezra had a vision that Thrawn is on his way back because he's finished that book. And they have to act out his crazy plan now. And Ryder is like, this is already a crazy plan that we're listening to a teenager on a plan to retake the capital. Y'all are all crazy. I am purposely building this drama for the episode as a red herring to the entire thing. And Ezra is like, you're really convincing in a way at this moment. Look, we need one person to take the city. Me, because I'm the protagonist. And Ryder doesn't look very convinced because, you know, plot drama. Back in the capital, bitchwife Ari Price is not having a very good day. Because Arinda has fucked up a few episodes ago with her bloodlust killing Kanan and destroying the Tide Defender Project, she's probably going to be executed unless she can find the Rebels. She's losing it a little bit. She's in a mindset that if she goes down, then she's going to burn down this entire fucking ship with her, and she's actually threatening the lives of her men. And suddenly, she gets a call from an old frequency, and it's Mr. Plot Drama Writer. Arya's like, Oh, hello, person who blackmailed my mother, threw her in jail, stole my family business, and set me on the path of evil. How are you? And Ryder is like, I'm doing really great, lady who made all of her own life choices and decided on her own terms to be evil. And Arinda's like, good, all right, well, now that pleasantries are out of the way, what can I do for you? Ryder says that he wants amnesty, and he will give her Hera, Ezra, and all the rebels for it. Ari can ask for his coordinates and looks so relieved at the moment. Bum bum bum! Writer drama! Back at Lothal base, Sabine and Ezra are walking along and they hear the cries of the Loth wolves. Sabine asks, What is Ezra's connection to the wolves? And Ezra shrugs and says, Hell if I know. I'm just kind of winging it. And Sabine looks at him and goes, that is the most Kanan Jarrus School of Jedi thing you have ever said. Suddenly, they hear sounds of ships in the distance. It's the Empire, gunships, moving in on their base. And the time to fight is now. What do you think of our one? It's awesome. It's all awesome. Um, This is the only fix that I would have put to this episode, and it's Ketsu. I would have and this is only something i thought of afterwards because in part one i'm like oh there she is and you know figuring she'd be doing stuff for the rest of the episode but whatever i think what they should have done with her is hooked her up with hondo and is like not and have her hate hondo just that's that simple and then they can have then she could be a character <laughs> you know they can interact fight interact cooperate do their thing and she my, gets to be a an actual character in the story my kit my ketsu fix fixes in act three so we'll come back to my ketsu fix <laughs> um otherwise they're a hundred percent setting up rex being in return of the jedi in this one Look at his outfit. They dress him up in his return. To, they dress him up to just be just shy of looking the way that character did in Return of the Jedi. So it was, they know what they're doing. I mean, like, the sucky thing is Dave Filoni has retcon that retcon. Because um, originally they were like, yes, this is on purpose. He's the guy. And then like a year later, Filoni was like, well, maybe he shouldn't be that guy because that guy already has a big fan following and his own name and legend story. So he's like, 
let's just say he was at indoor, but he wasn't that guy. And I'm just like, fuck off, Dave Filoni. Shut That's up. Rex. <laughs> too late. Too late. This too is late. Canon. Yeah. I um, love that being Rex fighting with Han and fighting with Anakin's children. Like, I want that. Like, that is me. Like, I'm just like, let him fight with Anakin's children. And that night when they're partying on Endor, he comes over and he's like, let me tell you about your father. And Luke's like, oh, wow. And Leia's like, I want nothing to do with the man who blew up my planet. <laughs> and so Rex takes Luke to the side. He's like, I'm going to tell you about your father. And Luke's like, oh, wow. And then Leia goes off and fucks Han. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, we know the last part was probably right on point anyway. I know. Um let's see. Uh I, li- I like the little uh say with Hondo where he can't say the word smuggler. Mm-hmm. Pirate. He can't it's like the fans not being able to say he's sorry. I uh, Jip Cummings is really good as Hondo in this episode. I yeah. mean, he's always good as Hondo, but he's, he's like having, extra... He's having fun in this he's, one, yeah. Yeah, he's extra on point as Hondo in this episode. And my only other note is that uh, I, I didn't catch his name, but there's an Imperial lackey that Arinda yells at and sends out early on in the show. And just his face, he looks very Disney. He looks very much like a Disney character for some reason. That Imperial does have a name, but it was one of those things they named him like later, not for because he was supposed to have a much bigger role in season four. I'm calling they, him like Ensign Jared Kushner or something. He's got that sort of Jared Kushner pasty face. Yeah, like he, but he like, had these like doe eyes of a Disney, a Disney. He looked out of his league and he looked like a Disney guy in the Empire, just like I don't like it here. It's scary. I don't ever want to put Jared Kushner and Disney in the same sentence ever again. (laughs) But, like, yeah, like, that character was supposed to have, like, more storylines in season four. They, like, cut all his story out. So he has a name. Not enough for me to actually look it up and put it in the episode. He doesn't doesn't seem too interested. It was just his his design was very, like, looked very Disney. Yeah, he looks like he could be, like, a little bit like Hans from... He looks like Hans from Frozen, but with a little bit bigger nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like somebody who would be in, in something like Frozen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's all I really had for part one. Um, <clears throat> for Great me, setup. For me in big letters, I just wrote, I missed Callus and Rex. Yeah, like, dude, Callus doesn't really get much to do in this either. Callus has so much to do, I screenshotted like 12 screenshots <laughs> of How dare you? <laughs> Callus has so fifth, much. six frames in this one. What are you talking about? Um, he, he, like, his entire story is him like looking at Honda going, what the fuck is this bitch? Hera. There's so many times like Honda opens his mouth and, and Callus just like looks at Hera and Hera's just like zoned in on Honda and he's just like, okay, I guess we are going with the pirate now. <laughs> Like, he does so much in the background. So I don't want to hear it from you, Honeywell. All right. But, but Rex doesn't do much. I, you know, they get the clones and stuff. And, you know, and then they fight at the end. So, you know, and, and that's so much like there's so much in this episode that it's okay yeah. that not everybody has these big moments. Oh, you can't. You couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why, like, my Ketsu fix is a very minor fix. And we'll get to that in, in part three. Um, 
How dare you say Callus didn't do anything? He fought with his boyfriend. He didn't get an awful lot to do, is what I said. He had more lines than Ketsu. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I should he hope so anyway, you know, but Wolf. still. Um, my next note is, I love that Gregor and Wolf gave up their little walker to take the big walker and make a new boat with the much bigger walker. I love them. I love these clones, Chris. I love Gregor. I love Wolf. They're such babies, and I love them, and they just I just want to protect them, and I love their new Imperial walker boat. Um, I was thinking about Hondo, because he has this big scene where he's just like, because um, at first he's like, oh, we're going to do this to get paid. And Hera's like, no, we're doing this for Ezra. And Hondo takes off his hat and he's like, I would do anything for that boy. And I think this is the first time we've ever heard yep. Hondo do something not for money. Nope, yep, Hondo, this was the first time Hondo admitted that he's just like, I like this Bridger kid. And, 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 and he said, he reminds me of me when I was... You know, when I was a different person. And, and so, he also, which is what we've been, that's what we, well, we've seen this before too, but I mean, that's what we've been talking about this whole thing. There's a, at one time, Hondo was, you know, obvi- obviously he sees a lot of himself in Ezra. But he also says Ezra reminds him of a time when things were better. And that's when Ketsu says, the Jedi. And I, I started thinking back to like the arc, the like the Padawan arc where Hondo teamed up with the kids, and he was like at yeah. the beginning of that arc, he was ready to kill those children for money. Well, but yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, but but uh, he probably I, meant the Jedi. Yeah, guys, and... Let me finish my point. Let me finish my sentence. Um, by by the end of that arc, he was like saw how good and great and wholesome these kids are, and I to me I think like when he looks at Ezra, like he sees those kids. That were probably killed in Order 66. Let's be honest here. Those kids probably didn't make it out of Order 66. Right. And they were this, like, wholesome, hopeful side that was showing Hondo. Because in a way, like, with when it comes to Hondo, like, Ezra's power is to see past his smuggler self and to see the good in him. And those kids saw that, too. And they're probably all dead now. And so, and he also probably reminds him of, like, Obi-Wan, you know? And, like, the, their friendship and, like, that kind of lost golden time. Right. Yeah, so oh, yeah. yeah. It, it probably meant two things. It probably meant, you know, the 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 old Republic times and the times when he had, you know, was a bushy, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed young Hondo. Yeah. When he was yeah. just a little turtle. And also at the height of his power, being a pirate king. <laughs> <laughs> or when he was, or when he was just like a teenager and signed onto his first pirate ship. You oh. know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's such a cute image. But, like, when, when you put Hondo's arc together from where he starts in Clone Wars to where he ends in Rebels, Hondo has a hell of an amazing character arc. Like, his character arc is so good to go from willing to, like, murder kids to, like, now giving up money and everything just to help one child. It is, it is, but it's like a narrow arc because he's still... He doesn't, and and you wouldn't expect him to, to go. Yeah. He doesn't go completely, you know. He's still a pirate, but he definitely will soften up for certain people, you know. If you're Obi Wan yeah. or 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 Ezra, you know, he'll he'll definitely get a get a soft spot for you. Yeah. Um, my next note is about Ryder. 
And I think it's really interesting about, actually, it's more about, like, our specific group of rebels. This specific group of rebels being, like, Hera and Kanan and Ezra and all them, they don't really ever get along with the powers that be very well. Because we've seen them butt heads with Mon Mothma and Bel Organa. And, like, now with Ryder, and, like, yes, in this particular episode, like, Ryder's whole thing is a ruse. But Ryder's been kind of sniping and bitching at them all season long. And I just he, think it's it's so he, funny is that, like, they just don't get along with anybody but themselves, but they get shit done so everybody else puts up with them. Well, they also they also set him up way in the beginning that he might be a little unreliable, you know, that he might that he might be, you know, pretty self-serving if it comes down to it. So he's he always has a little bit of that, like, mistrust to him. But I but like when when when. Yeah, when when uh, he called up Price on this, I was like, oh, I forgot about this. And then like, oh, wait, no, I remember this is all because really his his betrayal doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, because he could just, you know, bugger off or whatever. But like it's I, I like the fool's hope because the fool's hope is Arinda's hope <laughs> that she can, uh, you know, salvage her career here. <laughs> And uh, oh. and that's what that's what enables them to, you know, so easily trick her and and just basically route her. Oh, my God. You just blew my mind. It is Arenda. Oh, she is the title. <laughs> they, well, they, they set it up. That's what the whole the, the whole twist is. They set it up to be Ezra's the fool. But who's really the fool? <laughs> yeah. They're like. I'll, I'll it's come like back fool's to... gold. It's like fa- like all the rebels talk about hope in the real terms, and and Orinda's hope is like false hope, fool's gold hope. Yeah, my like my only thing is like I I like the writer storyline, and I, I get more into this in Act Three, but I I just don't like the execution of it. I think it's a little clunky. Um, and the reason it's a little clunky to me is this opening scene where writers just like, y'all people are crazy. We need an entire army and blah, blah, blah. Like that, that little chunk right there feels very out of character for him, for me because like, yeah, they butted heads, but this is the guy who's traveled across the planet on a loth wolf. Like they have proven that like they can get shit done and he's accepted this and to suddenly kind of go back to where he was. At I, the wa- beginning I wonder of, like, if act three, like, like season three writer. They like, think, they, and do you it think just, though maybe they was, were, do, didn't have everybody in on the, the, the double cross. So maybe they just did that for the benefit of a few of the people that were there. So that like, they wouldn't be as surprised when they have to sell it to Mart. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, now that I think of my that idea, it would be a, that would be a dumb plan because you someone like Mart could like shoot him in the head and be just like, "Hey, sorry," <laughs> you know. know. You know, be like, "I got the traitor, guys, guys, guys! I got the traitor," and they're just like, "Oh, Mart, Mart." And Ezra's like, "Oh God, Mart, why?" And like, Jai Kel comes out of nowhere. He's oh, just wait, like... didn't that that happened in Game of Thrones, basically? You saw Game of Thrones, right? Did you watch Game of Thrones? I did watch Game of Thrones. Where, where yeah, did the, the, the one guy that you're a fool, John, the 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 Irish the Irish Irish accented girl from the from the other side of the wall that he hooked up with. Oh 
yeah. And then, and then, the, then the the kid from the from the wall like shot shot her in the chest and is, uh, looks at John and is just like got her for you there, buddy. And he's just like, oh, it's my girlfriend. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my god. I can't hate you, kid, because you're doing your job, but that's my girlfriend, you bastard. <laughs> oh my god, Mart is that kid. <laughs> absolutely so yeah like it just it's writer felt just very out of character just in this beginning part to me so um and my only other note is my evil bitch wife is scared yeah she oh she's her face is she's going yeah she's she's a she's like a uh her brain is just like a crawling mass of snakes just going her eyes are sunken and darting around it's great one of my i I actually really like arinda's like character story starting from the moment she kills kanan to now because she's before before jedi knight she's always been like really capable very scary has always in control got her shit together she knows who her friends are she knows how to control the room she is an evil bitch but the moment she fucks up in killing Kanan, but not really the killing of the Kanan, the exploding of the fuel depot. It's it's so great watching her just completely unravel. Well, see, I, yeah, see, I think all of that in control has been an exterior shell from the very beginning. I think she's a little out of her out of her league, trying too hard. And just like, and I mean, the stakes are basically her life. So she's freaking out, but she also has to be tough because she's an Imperial officer, button heads with like Thrawn and like, you know, like seasoned uh, annihilators of people. Although she's gotten, she's killed quite a few people too, but you know, like there's a good deal of pathos to her character all the way through. And yeah. usually like when they have like, you know, a uh, uh, evil female character. She's um, they almost so, especially at, like with Empire Strike type stuff, because it's almost Nazi. Like they, they almost go for the like she, you know, Nazi she wolf type of character, and she's got an element of that going for her, but that's not really her. You know, that's that's what she's adopted to get to as her her imperial persona. as a survival mechanism and she's just out of her league maintaining it you know she's yeah you know it's not like it's out of her character it's not that it's taking a toll on her being bad it's just that she's not she would be better off probably being a different kind of bad in another job (laughs) somewhere but it she has a just a really like unique and interesting character for for like a female bad baddie you know i'm thinking about her like in comparison she's not like ventress or yeah i'm i'm starting to think about her in comparison to say like minister tua from season one um because minister tua the the difference between tua and price is tua actually believed that she was helping people and she believed in the empire that she was helping people while arinda's whole story is about her helping herself Right. And when, when both women get in over their heads, they have similar reactions, 
but also different reactions as well. Because Tua, the moment she realizes she's in over her head and she's on the wrong side, she tries to do the right thing and go to the good guys. And she gets killed for it. But here with Arenda, like, she is just panicking and doubling down on her evil. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And it, they've had, they had very similar stories, but very different outcomes. Well, they both end up dying. But, <laughs> spoiler for next episode, Arenda dies. But the, the journey to the death is different, where Tua tries to help. And Arinda is just like, oh, well, I'm just going to be extra evil. And if I die, I'm burning all y'all down with me. <laughs> this entire thing goes down with me. Mm-hmm. Fuck all y'all. So I like it. It's very interesting watching her. It's like She's such a well-written character, and I love her for it. You know, you guys know me. I love evil ladies. <laughs> Give me evil ladies on the day. Well, that's all I had for act one. All right, let's get into the action. Action, action, action. Uh, act two? Act two. Oh, no! The Imperials are attacking, and they have jetpack stormtroopers, which Sabine is totally wants to take out all on her own. Arenda wants Ezra to be captured alive, so she has something to give to the Emperor with a pretty bow on top of his head. And everyone starts fighting! And during all of this... Ryder sneaks off, all sneaky sneaky, you know, for plot drama, and so Bart doesn't shoot him in the head. <laughs> Zeb is barking orders like a true captain, and he is glorious, and Zeb is like, I wish my boyfriend was here to see how glorious I am. And he gets not Zuko Jai Kel to man the cannons. Sabine is whipping around, blowing shit up, but Rook is also arriving to join the party. Ezra tells Chopper to warn Hera that they're under attack, and Rook jumps out of nowhere and fights Ezra, and Chopper then murders a man. So, you know, this is just another normal day for the Rebels. Meanwhile, Hera is flying a pirate war veteran, an Imperial defector, and a bounty hunter in her mom van. Also a normal day for the Rebels. (laughs) They hop out of hyperspace and immediately power down. They're following a crazy Hondo plan to get them back on the planet. He wants them to sit just outside of a hyperspace lane so they can hitch a ride on a cargo ship. And Callus, in the most British way possible, says, Are you mad? And he actually looks at Hera like, We're doing this. And Hera just kind of nods. And he's just like, Okay, this is our plan now. And Hondo's like, Hey, I'm a pirate. We're all mad here. And this is how they're going to help Ezra, so Hondo's crazy plan is all they have. Back on the ground, Ezra's team is still fighting the bad guys. Sabine is still being awesome in the air. Ezra is fighting Rook and throws him off the side, but Rook catches onto the wall and starts to climb back up. And Zeb is still glorious as ever, grabs the biggest gun he can hold, and starts mowing down stormtroopers. And you know what? When it's out of Blaster Bolt, he freaking throws the gun at them, because Zeb is the best! During all this madness, Hera and her team is just sitting in space, waiting for a cargo ship to show up. And it's been three whole minutes, and Rex and Callus are ready to mutiny against Hondo. And the pirate is like, have patience, my friends! And Rex is like, I seem to remember hearing about the one time in the Clone Wars you wanted to give up Obi-Wan Kenobi to Maul as bait so you could save your own skin. And Hondo is like, that was one time! And then I teamed up with Obi-Wan after that, and we beat the spiky boy! Suddenly, all their alarms go off. 
and a huge-ass cargo ship arrives. They use the ghost's little air blower thingies to move the ship into position, and they hit the magnetic clamps and they stick to the side of the ship. It's a tense rise as they scoot past the Star Destroyers. The moment they hear the cargo ship is clear, Hondo flashes the biggest, Eat shit, guys, because I was right! Smile at all of them. He bows and saunters out of there with his big old dick energy, and now they all have to go save Ezra, who is still fighting a bunch of stormtroopers. They're starting to get overrun by the baddies, and at one point, Rick is back up on the platform, and he sees Ryder, and the two of them evil bro nod at each other, and Ryder lets Rook pass. Luckily, Mart still hasn't shot Ryder yet. And things are dire, and it's getting worse when Arunda starts shooting at the mine crawler that's now part of their base. Their crawler is quickly exploding with them on top of it. Bum, bum, bum. What'd you think about two? Glorious action. Glorious, glorious action. And for once, the Imperials actually go after Chopper. I know! They're like, look, a droid, get it! Do, 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 instead of just totally ignoring him for once. So they might have had some little smarter than the average trooper troopers there for some reason. Um, the, <laughs> for some reason? What are they doing there? Smart troopers are not in Star Wars? I know. Total movie reference with Zeb in the, in the Gatling gun is from the Wild Bunch. A Sam Peckinpah movie. You know, that um, Heavy does that in the Clone Wars episode Rookies, too. He gets the big Gatling gun, and when it runs out, he throws it at battle droids just like that. Yeah, it's 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 right out of the it's right out of the, the final battle scene in the Wild Bunch. It's like the big the, the the big climax of it. So that's always cool to see Zeb doing a Wild Bunch. I mean, reference. honestly, I have in big letters Zeb with the big fucking gun. <laughs> yeah. And my only other note is actually the same as one of your notes says uh, Sabine flying around and taking out the troop ships is amazing. It's uh, just an uh, amazing, like well shot, like layered and switching perspectives as you follow Sabine and the ships are crossing each other and stuff. And she's just wreaking carnage on them. Very nicely done. Yeah, and there's like such like little things too. That there's one time where she's flying up towards a hole, but she flips and like upside down puts her feet on it and then jumps back down yeah. towards the guy. Like actually as you as you were saying that, the more I started thinking about it, it's very similar to the second second siege of Mandalore episode of Clone Wars when Ahsoka is pretty much just jumping from ship to ship yeah. only without the jetpack. But it's it's very similar sequences, so I wonder if this was sort of like a test run for that, to see like. And of course, it's great. I'm not like it's it's different because Sabine has a jetpack and Ahsoka's a Jedi, so there are differences and stuff like that. But it has a very similar feel, and I feel like it's something that they could only do in animation. I I cannot see this scene being in say The Mandalorian and be this fluid. Like, it would be very choppy and, like, almost shot by shot. Like, here's a shot in the ship, and now in, he CGI jumps off. <laughs> in in a movie, they could. Yeah. 
because they could spend the money. But for a show like The Mandalorian, no, you couldn't do li- live action CGI that level. It would just start getting really expensive. But with this, you sure can. And the way it moves and goes, it's so close to almost being live action anyway at that point that, like, I, I, yeah, I, I don't even think of it as being animation at a lot of the battle points in Rebels and Clone Wars. It's almost just like watching a Star Wars movie. I would almost feel like, and this is just like a me with CGI thing, like sometimes CGI is very CGI-y. And CGI, to me, does not date well. Um, but animation is so timeless that, if, to me, I feel like this would be still smoother yeah, in 10 no. years than CGI. So, like, say if they had a scene like this like in the sequel trilogy, somewhere in the sequel trilogy, where they had somebody with a jetpack going from ship to ship. It's going to age and date in 10 years. This yeah. will feel timeless. No, this will, this will, this will, like... like like go like if we went back to the first Clone Wars episode, we'd be like, "Ooh, this animation's really clunky compared to by the time you know season it four." It is very Rebels. clunky. I have gone back to the first. Right, Clone right, Wars right. But after you watch a couple episodes, your eyes just get used to it, and you don't think anything of it. You know what I mean? And yeah. you just sort of roll with it through, and uh, that's how animation. I mean, the the Flintstones still work, and they're the simplest, you know, flat animation you can think of. You know. Mm. Did you have any other notes? Nope. Okay. Um, I really like the Ezra and Rook battle. Um, it shows to me like this. This shows this entire episode. It shows like why Rook is such a threat. He is constant. He's just so relentless. Like Ezra throws him off the fucking mountain and he climbs back up to go back he to is. fight. I just haven't taken him seriously since that second episode he was in though. So like I don't feel it. Maybe it's because I've watched it before or whatever, but like, yeah, Ruck does. Ruck is fun to watch, and he's a neat character, but he doesn't feel as threatening anymore. I don't. I just don't take him seriously as a threat anymore. But that might just be me, you know. Yeah, because I I feel like he re-earned it to being able to hold his own against Ezra, and it finally comes down to Ezra, like force throwing him off the thing, because you can only fight the force so much, and even then he catches himself on the side of a mountain. And climbs back up again to get back to fight. So I, I really like their their brawl too. I think it's also very creative, seeing because Ezra's struggling to keep Rook off of him. So it's not an easy fight for him. So it's just really good. Um, my only other note for this scene is this episode is what I love about fan fiction. And what I mean by that is I love fan fiction. Where characters who normally wouldn't be together are put together. Because what's so great about fanfiction is you can explore stories and dynamics that are not in the show. And so, like, normally, like, in an episode of Rebels, you're not going to have an entire episode where, like, Kallus is judging Hondo. Except for when you get to this. But, like, before this, they were had only, like, one episode together. Or having, like, Kallus with Ketsu or... Or the clones with the rest of them. So it has that kind of like fun fan fiction-y feel where we're, we're seeing dynamics and relationships that are not normally showcased. And I like that. I love Hondo and Callus being in the same room because you have Callus who is very much a rule follower. Still, even with the Rebels, he's very much a rule follower and he does not like thinking outside the box. 
and they're doing this crazy pirate plan, and it's their only plan, and you can see how really uncomfortable Callus is with this whole thing. He is constantly, in this episode, looking at Hera, like, making sure she's on board with this, because that's the authority figure in the room. And when he sees that she's on board with this, he accepts it. So, like, I... I love the kind of fan fiction putting these oddball characters that normally don't interact together in one room and letting them go. <laughs> I love that. I love this. It's one of my favorite things about this episode. But that's all I have for Act 2. All right. You want to finish this awesome little puppy off? This hyperallergenic puppy off? Let's get on our battle labradoodle. Yes. Sunset. All right, let's Act give, 3. Let's give this... Labradoodle, it's summer haircut. I don't know what I'm saying. It's time for my fanfiction portion of this program. My personal fanfiction program. Here we go. Act 3! So the Rebels Crawler's base is exploding, and they all flee and jump off to the safety of the cliffs. And man, Ari doesn't even care if her own man dies, it collapses. Anyway, so now the good guys are all cornered up against the caves, and they're surrounded with Rook having Sabine captured, and it all looks really bad. Rook calls in Arinda, and bitch wife lands, kicks open the door, and evilly laughs like, Oh, I got you all! Ryder, Ryder, my friend, come join the cool kids' table. And Sabine is like, Grr, I am angry at you, Ryder. How dare you betray us? And Arinda is living up this moment, basking in her own glory, having the best time. Then, Ezra gets a ping on his comm, and he's like, Okay, Rebels! Great acting! Great acting all around, Rebels! I should know, because I'm terrible at acting. I've been so bad at acting this entire show, but we all sold it this time! <laughs> and Ryder's like, oh, good. I, th I thought that was a great performance on my part. I just, I love the look on the governor's face now that we've all fucked her over. Good job, everybody. Good job, Rebels. And Arinda's like, wait, wait, what's happening? I'm confused. And before they can answer, the ghost appears out of nowhere and starts shooting out the ships. And the door opens. And Rex, Wolf, Gregor, and Callus leap off the ship and join the fight. And Zeb is like... That's my boyfriend! That's my boyfriend, Callus! And Callus sprints up to Zeb, and they skid into each other. Boyfriends against the galaxy. Boyfriends that slay Imperials together, stay together. And Callus. Everybody's going back over the, the episode going, where? What? <laughs> <laughs> it happened, I promise. And Callus grabs Zeb, dips him, gives him a huge kiss, and says... I've missed you. And Zed is like, I've missed you too. <laughs> and Ezra pops up from behind a box going, Hey, awesome gay uncles, reunite later. We have a fight to win. And so together, side by side, once again, Zeb and Callus join back into the fray of battle. And Hera has to move the ghost because she's taken on heavy fire. And the rebels are still outnumbered, even with the power of Callus and Zeb's queer love, fueling them all. And Ezra tells them all to fall back into the caves, even though it's a dead end. And Arinda's like, you fools, I have you now. Rook, 
Do all my work for me. Go get Bridger. Kill the rest. I will stay safely out here. And Rook sighs and heads inside after them with a bunch of stormtroopers. And Ezra is standing alone, eyes closed, focusing on the force. And truly out of nowhere, a bunch of lock wolves appear behind him. Rook sees them and goes, Oh fuck, I did not sign up for this. And the wolves rush outside, and Arinda's like, I definitely did not sign up for this! And it's the Lost Wolf Revolution! And the wolves are like, Fucking wreck things! This is what you get for messing with our planet! Fuck off, humans! And the wolves are just rampaging, ripping up stormtroopers like chew toys. Rook and Arinda... <laughs> Rook and Arinda... Sorry, I'm laughing at myself. Rick and Arinda are understa understandably scared because they just don't know what to do against giant wolves. Nobody plans for giant wolves. And while one wolf throws Rook off the side of the mountain to remove him from battle until next week. And the rebels are fighting back now with their animal friends. And Gregor is all excited for Wolf. The clone wolf, I should clarify. The clone wolf. Because now he has a wolf pack back, just like his old Clone Wars days. And Wolf is super happy and super proud of his new doggo friends. And the Imperials finally surrender. And Ari is having a panic attack because she's being handed over by a wolf. And Ezra gives Ryder the honor of slapping on the cuffs on Governor Price. Ryder takes the handcuffs and says, Hey, Rinda, remember when I blackmailed your mom and threw her in jail? Slapping the cuffs on you just feel just as good. And Rinda is like, I hate you! And now they have Governor Price captured. Once they're all together after the battle, Space Mom Hera is super proud of her space son. But Ezra thanks everyone, because they all did it together. Now, it's time for the next step in Ezra's plan, which is the finale of next week's episode. And Ketsu has one line at the beginning of the show, and then literally did nothing for the rest of the episode. The end. Ketsu didn't do anything for the entire fucking episode except for having one line at the beginning. What'd you think of Batch 3? I have only one note for this. Hmm. Glorious, all caps, glorious, glorious, glorious earned action. This is what, this is what, like... What kind of action? Earned action. Oh, earned. I thought you said burned, like with a B as in boy, and I was like, Ew. burned action. No. <laughs> Everything that happened in this has been built up to for four seasons. So that's that's what, like, I don't want to say all fan fiction doesn't have, like, you know, fan fiction is kind of the shortcut to get all your favorite people in one room and have them do something. But it's it's quite another thing. Like, I mean, I imagine you could do a, a, a fan fiction that, that, that runs the course of, like, four seasons of, of, rebels to build up to the scene that you want to write but you know why do that when you just write the scene but this is so satisfying that you know that it's it, all these characters have been built up and now you can just let them go and it doesn't seem contrived to have them all it's a little contrived that you got like just happened to get them all there at the same time or whatever but whatever it works perfectly and and the, the, the way the action play, it's just, you know, by the time the wolves are showing up, you're just like, yes, kill, 
kill doggies kill it's so satisfying love it when i say fan fiction here's the thing most most shows when they do an episode like this one or two things happen either it's very much earned like it is here or it falls flat on its face yeah and doesn't work and so that's very like this is a rare rarity because not very many shows can have this because for one not a lot of shows last till four seasons sometimes like they don't even get to this point where everyone is built up to where it works except for ketsu (laughs) except for ketsu um everybody here works they all are doing their roles they know all know their place they know their positions it works here because they've taken the time to do this yeah they planned it out Yeah, and a lot of shows don't even get to this point. This is a better putting everyone together than the entire sequel trilogy. Yeah, well, this show show had a planned ending. Yeah. (laughs) They they knew when they were going to end. So, like, when, so, like, you know, when, when, when we come to where everything's coming to a head and coming together, it actually makes sense, you know, and it's been, and they've consciously worked on it for four seasons and now it pays off and a lot of you know a lot of people don't want to do it because it takes time effort and money to to do that but boy it's worth it it's worth it when you have a payoff like this episode this episode is just awesome yeah i mean it doesn't do it quite as well but resistance is very has a very similar ending as well where everybody came together and in it, it did it in less times it doesn't work quite as well but it still works better than a lot of things um and, and so like they they do really good episodes like this so um did you have any other notes no not really all right um i love the loth wolf reveal in the cave it's such a uh. good moment with like the Star Wars theme playing as well, you hear that Star Wars music just like. Da, da, well, da, it's da, like kind of obvious that that was gonna happen, but the way they set it up, you get so wrapped up in the story that it's just like, yes, the Lothwolves, yes, <laughs> and it's like the most natural. It's the most natural, obvious resolution to this that you could have. But that's that's the that's why it's so great, you know. Yeah. They, they trick you into forgetting stuff that would be obvious, and then it's just like, yes. I will say, dogs. like, um, this is the tiniest gripe, and it doesn't even have anything to do with the episode. I wish they would not have put that scene in the tr- season four trailer. Can I? I would have loved to not know about that scene. Because that's like the final scene of like the season four trailer and for the season finale trailer. It was that shot alone was in two trailers. So everybody knew it was coming. We were just kind of like waiting for why. Mm. But if I had not already knew that scene was coming at some point in season four. Oh, like it's awesome. But it would have been like phenomenal if I did not even know it was coming. But that's just like the tiniest gripe, and it's my fault for watching a trailer. So people don't watch trailers at all. So I'm sure they loved it. Um, yeah, the writer plot. I like the writer plot, and I think the writer idea is a really good idea. I just don't think it's executed very well in this episode. I thought the 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 first half of it was clunkily executed. The 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 flipping of it at the end was done well. But. Yeah. That's it doesn't exactly mesh with the first part of it, yeah. 
yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel too. Um, I almost would rather them not have had Ryder. It's it's so weird because it it's hmm, yeah. I I don't even know like what exactly is off about it, but there's something off. But I like the idea. I think it's a good idea. I just don't think they executed it well. Um, I love watching Melch the Ugnaught shoot ships out of the sky and just squealing with delight. Yeah, yeah. Melch is just having the best time. Good old Melch. <laughs> Who still does one and get through. Um, I love seeing Zeb and Callus fighting together. Like when Callus runs off that ship, there's that great scene. Like he like goes up to Zeb, and then like him and Zeb are holding stormtroopers at gunpoint together, and then like they're constantly beside each other and constantly fighting. And then then in the scene when Ryder is about to put the handcuffs on Arinda behind him, Zeb and Callus just smile at each other. Like yeah, we did it. And I'm like, oh, I love you, boyfriend. I screenshotted like 12 different scenes in this episode <laughs> of just the two of them together in this final scene. Um, I love seeing Wolf and Gregory are getting to relive their old days too. Like there's that great moment where they're just like, yeah, we're, we're, we're with the Jedi again. And remember when weird shit like this happened in the Clone Wars? And they're like, yeah, weird shit in, from the Clone Wars. We missed this. Yeah. And I love seeing Gregor and Wolf getting to do this too. Like it's so much fun. Anything it must be else? a little surreal for them to be killing people in stormtrooper outfits that are so similar to their clone outfits, though. I don't know. I think, you know, 15 years living in the Imperial charity, I think yeah. they're fine. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, like, if it was one of those, and maybe we'll see something like this in the Bad Batch series that's coming. But maybe if this was, like, the first year of the Empire, I could see them being like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> but... My, okay, my final note is I'm going to talk about Ketsu. All right, let's get into Ketsu for a second. This is how I would fix Ketsu. She should have been one of the people running off the ship with Callus and the clones fighting. Like, she could have been interacting with Sabine, even though Ketsu doesn't have a jetpack. Sabine could have just, like, flew by her and just, like, good to see you, Ketsu. And she's like, I'm here, Sabine. And then that's it. <laughs> like, letting her actually be on the ground fighting would have at least given her something to do. And she's a bounty hunter. We know that she can fight. We know that she can shoot. We know that she can do stuff. But they they spin this episode. She sits beside Hera. She's not even in the gun turrets. The fucking pig is in the gun turret. But Ketsu's not. And we see Hera is the one shooting the front guns. Ketsu just sits there for the entire episode. And they continue to waste this character. And I don't understand. It's so dumb. That's... That's how I would have fixed Ketsu. Maybe they just didn't get along with the voice actress or something and were like, screw it. I don't think, I just don't know. I just don't think they've just, I don't think they just write her well. Like, we had a problem with her. It's not that they didn't even, well, it's not that they don't even write her well. They don't even write her. (laughs) She's just there, you know, and. She, uh, she got one episode where they sort of wrote her as a character, and, I mean, that was problematically written anyway, and then after that, it was nothing. Nothing. That's still probably, to me, the worst written episode of Rebels. Yeah. Just Blood Sisters. Blood Sisters yes. is hands down the worst written episode of Rebels. Hands down. So bad. If, if this is your first time listening to our show, and you're hearing this for the first time, we go into two hours of why that episode is so fucking bad. 
go back and listen to it. But, um, yeah, it's just, like, they never gave her a chance. Like, she's in, like, one other episode where she shows up and then leaves. But, like, they could have at least given her something to do. It's like they forgot she was a bounty hunter and she was just riding along, doing nothing. And I would have loved to have seen her at least on the ground. And I understand. There's a lot happening. There's a lot to render. There's a lot going on. But... Like at least then swap her out with the fucking pig. I love Melch. They could have just not. They could have not put her in there, and we wouldn't even have noticed. <laughs> I, keep, I keep forgetting she's in the episode at times, and then she'll show right. up. Right. That's like, what oh, I'm yeah, saying. If, if if she wasn't in it at all, we wouldn't have been like, hey, I wonder why Ketsu isn't in this one. You know, I mean. Yeah. Like honestly, yeah. I mean, at. Like, Hondo makes sense. Like, if we're going to... Yeah, no, Hondo's a full character. Hondo's... Yeah, there's no... Yeah, if we're looking at this from a scum and villainy point of view, Ketsu's a bounty hunter, he is a pirate. They're probably... They're both used to getting paid. It could just be something like Ketsu was just like, they didn't pay me enough, I'm not coming. But Hondo actually has a reason because he has an established relationship with Ezra. And it's just... uh, uh. But yeah, like, that's... Even just something as simple as switching her with Melch. Like, letting her They could have just had a short turret. scene with her and Sabine where she's like, look at this outfit you got here, you know? Yeah. But, like, even just putting her... Like, I, I'm just... I love Melch and I love him being in the gun turret, but just something even as simple as that of her just being like, I got it, and she's in the ship. And, like, put, letting Melch be the one helping Hera up front. Right, but I, I would have much rather have her on the ground, like having Sabine fly by her, just like, great seeing you, my friend. She's like, yeah, I'm here, Sabine. And that's it. <laughs> I don't even think they talk. It's just, it's such a mess. Like, I I get so angry when I actually remember Ketsu's there. And then I'll just forget about Ketsu for like three years. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, she was a thing. I don't know. Like, she's just such a bad written character. It's She's just bad. So... Yeah, there's no reason. Absolutely none. You cut Ketsu out of the show and nothing changes. You right. cut any other character out of, like, in in this group out of the show, it affects characters or plot. You know? Even Visago. Like, Visago is the reason they got back on Lothal and the reason they have this crawler base. You cut out Visago from the show, you actually cut out major plot points. <laughs> but by the way, I love Zago being a rebel now. He's great. Zago's great. I love him. But yeah, like it's just mm. anyway. That's all I have. The rest of the episode's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, did you have anything else? No, I'm ready to score it up. Score it up, Chris. I'm giving this one a nine point five. Mm. Holy mm-hmm. shit! Yes, this is the stuff I like even more so than my my palpy in the last time. This is just hardcore, awesome, earned Star Wars action. I was just fully, I was just enjoy like eating it up, just eating it up. Ah, oh, cool! <laughs> I'm just a little shocked. That's my favorite favorite episode so far. Yeah, I think that is your highest. Yep. You haven't had a ten, have you? No, not, not, no. I don't, I don't think, think in Rebels are. I have, no. So, say if next week is not a 10, then would this be your 10 for 10 of the show? I I guess it w- you could say that. It'll, it would definitely be my favorite if next week doesn't beat it. 
Well, we did that for uh, Clone Wars, that if you hadn't done a 10 for 10, you'd go back and pick okay. a 10 for 10. Yeah, okay, yeah, I would do that, yeah. Yeah, because that's where you went back and you made Grievous Intrigued, not Grievous Intrigued, um, Lair Grievous, yeah. your 10 for 10, so. No, I was really scared it was going to be Bombad Jedi. <laughs> I don't know about 10 for 10, but I do like that episode. I know, you like that episode. Man, too bad Jar Jar Binks was not in season seven. Anyway, as for me, this is a really fun episode. I love seeing everybody come together. It's a really amazing fight. Um, I would, There are little things that I'm hung up on, though. I'm hung up on the writer's story. I Why the fuck is even Ketsu here? But I love, there's so many little things I love about this. And it's great to see the Lothwolves. And it's good, awesome. I just said awesome because I was trying to say great and awesome at the same time. Um, awesome. So I gave it an 8.25 out of 10, but you know what? I can feel an 8.5. I'll just say yeah, okay. 8.5. We'll, we'll bump it up that other 0.25. So, hey, by the way, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. By the way, I was showing my Callus and Zeb screenshots that I was taking, and somebody just wrote me um, earlier today. They're like, it's a crime that these two were not together more in this show. And I'm like, yes, my friend, yes. <laughs> It was on my personal Twitter, not on the J Guys and Jedi Twitter, but I was sharing Callus and Zeb screenshots from this episode, and people were just like, "Yes!" So, anyway, you can write feedback on iTunes, Twitter, on the Teacher Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from Facebook from our episode Kindred. Let me take a drink. I'm gonna need it. All right. Um. This one comes from Diego Lemos, and he says, I would like to know Hope's opinion on Legends Thrawn. I personally like him more on Rebels than in the original books. I'll agree with that for what it's worth for me. (laughs) But you didn't ask me. You asked Hope. Yeah. I was going to say, Hope, write it out, and I'll do it in your sarcastic voice. No, um, I I actually wanted to uh, answer this one. Um, So... I'm I'm two-thirds of the way through it. I've read Heir to the Empire, and I finished Dark Force Rising a little earlier this year. And it's it's kind of weird because I understand that these books are really important to a lot of people, and they were, they were a big deal. But reading these books in 2019 and early 2020, um, it's just different. They feel like books from the 90s. They're written like books from the 90s. So they feel very dated to me. So it's been very difficult for me to get into the Legends Thrawn material because I kind of get... I, when it comes to Timothy Zahn's writing, he either really works for me or he really doesn't. There's not a middle ground for me. He's either really great or he really sucks. But when it comes to actual Thrawn, I think so much of my view of Thrawn is colored by not only Rebels, but by the 2015 Thrawn book, which was my first real exposure to the character because I liked him in Rebels. I thought he was a fun character. I thought he was great. But when I read that 2015 Thrawn book and I saw him with Eli with Eli Vanto and Karen Farrow and that whole crew and getting inside his head and watching him actively deduce, like the character just works. He works for me. He's so good, and I understand his thought process to the point where I started thinking whether or not he's actually a villain. 
I don't know if he's actually a villain. I think he's a good guy on the wrong side. And we see that through Eli. We see that through his actions with Night Swan. He does everything in his power to try and save Night Swan. And then we get, and then people like Arinda fuck him up. Like, like Arinda fucks up everything like she does. And so I, like, we see that Thrawn is actually very kind. He's a very kind person and, and he is really good. And I like this canon version. So it's very difficult going back after being exposed to him in Rebels, Thrawn 2015, Thrawn Alliances, and Thrawn Treason. And then going and reading the old Legends material, it's a very different character. He's a lot more harsh. He's cruel. He's mean. He murders people, which goes against um, how he's set up in canon, where he actually actively works to preserve life. Now, that being said, my friend Megan came up with a very good theory that Canon Thrawn and Legends Thrawn are actually the same person. The difference is Canon Thrawn has all the resources of the Empire. He has all this money. He's a Grand Admiral. He has a fleet of ships. He has all the resources available to him. And Legends, he has no resources. They're scraping by. They are getting what they can get. He's working with Bare Bones crew, and it's desperate Thrawn. And Megan was like, that's the difference. It's Thrawn with all the resources in the world versus Thrawn, who is desperate and trying to bring the Empire back from the brink of defeat. And I was like, that's a really good way of seeing it as well, is that they could possibly be a Thrawn in two different points of his life. Um, but to come back, like, Legends Thrawn is not my favorite. I've actually had to take a break because it took me nine months to read Dark Force Rising, and some of that is my own personal hang-ups. Um, I've said it before on the show, the original trilogy is just not my favorite point of Star Wars. I'm not a big fan of reading about Luke, Leia, and all of them. Now, when it comes to legend books, I like reading about Thrawn. I like reading about the Nogri. I like reading about Card and Mara Jade. I like reading about Paleon, but I don't like reading about Luke being like, I'm a sad Jedi with this crazy Jedi wizard. Like, I don't care about that. So I will fly through the Leia with the Nogri stuff because I find the Nogri, uh, Rook and the Nogri, very, very fascinating. They're such fascinating characters to me. And then I'll get to, like, Luke being a sad Jedi. Or Hondo and, not Hondo, or Han and Lando. Oh my god, Han and Lando's ship name is Hondo. <laughs> I love it. Um, or I'll get to like Han and Lando on a side adventure and I'm like, this is fine, but I don't, this is not what I'm reading this book for. So it's been a while and I haven't even, I have the third book in the trilogy. I have zero interest in reading it. <laughs> I have no interest in reading it. And then I also have Outbound Flight, which I haven't started yet. But I, I only really want to read Outbound Flight because I want to read about Thrass. Thras is Thrawn's brother. I want to read about Thras, even though I already know his fate. I know he doesn't make it out of there. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Legends Thrawn, but I think it also so much of it is because the Canon Thrawn was my first exposure, especially that 2015 novel, and then going back and reading the Legends, it's just a just a different thing. You know, it's just a different kind of story and a different kind of character, and it's dated from the 90s. And I, I understand its importance, but it's just not my cup of tea. So, hope that helps. Hey, Candy! 
Hey. I have an apple pie Kit Kat. Apple pie Kit Kat. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, okay, so that sounds so good. Okay, let me see if I can find my apple pie here. Well, if you don't know what we're doing, Chris hates American Kit Kats because he's a weirdo, weirdo. So our friend Dario, um, by the way, Am I though? Dario's birthday is coming up. So I this might be coming out after his birthday. So either early happy birthday, Dario, or belated happy birthday, Dario. We love you. But he sends us candy from all over the world to review. Oh my god, we're not going to eat the birthday cake, Kit Kat? Oh, is there a birthday cake one? There's a birthday cake one in here somewhere. Oh, let's eat that one for Dario's birthday. It's probably, his birthday will probably be passed by the time we... Now I, now I can't see it. I just saw it a little... Oh, here it is. It's in blue, It's in a blue package. Oh, wow, it's a big one. Okay. Yeah, Woo! it's a regular size Kit Kat. Yeah. Wait, where is this from? Oh, it's a limited edition. Where is this one from? I think this might just be American, right? Maybe. Oh, it's from uh, Switzerland. Switzerland. It's from Switzerland. All right. As always, Daria, we love you. Thank you. All right. Let me see if I can open it. I always have trouble opening big fat chips. Ugh. Uh, open. Oh no, the internal Kit Kats broke, so I have no force to open them with. Ah. They're oh, it's got sprinkles. little sprinkles like a birthday cake. There are sprinkles! Oh, oh, it smells so good. It tastes Ooh. like birthday cake and frosting. That's oh my good. god. Oh my god. It tastes like... It, it's got birthday cake, but it's 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 weird. It's, it's very cupcake. Yeah. Okay, so the, infi in the inside wafer is chocolate, but I love when you get those little pops of the sprinkles on your teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're mm -hmm. crunchy, like mm -hmm. they should be. Mm. Mm. So good. Mm. I need like five of these. Mm. Dario, I sure do hope you kept one of these for your birthday, and you're eating it along with us. Mm. By the way, everybody, Dario Gonzalez is the nicest person you'll ever meet. I hope you all get to see him. One of my goals is to meet Dario in real life. I hope you get to meet him, because he's the nicest person in the world. Mm. One day. One day. We love you, Dario. Mm. Well, that's all I had. Did you have anything else? No, I'm, uh, I'm all set. Mm. Well, where can people oh, find you, you know Chris? what I haven't told you yet, Hope? Hmm. Guess what I got? What? My Spaceballs, the face mask, face mask. Oh my goodness, that's so exciting. It's not the greatest space mask in the world, but... Or face, space mask, face mask, but... It'll do in a pinch. I got a, um... I had to, I actually, I, that's like one of the few things I've seen in recently that I was like, I have to have that. It's perfect. I had one of those recently, too. Um, my buddy Allie Andrews from Knights of Ren podcast drew a mask that said um, Clone Wars Rebels and Resistance, but each of the letters was a character. So, like, like the A had, like, a Sokka's pattern, and the R in the Resistance had, like, Kazuda's jacket. Um, and it was really cool. So that was a face back I got recently, and that should be coming soon. 
Så. Mm. Oh. Welcome people find you. I'm so you can, <laughs> you can find me at two truefreaks.com. That's our website where we have all our podcasts. You can go check them out. You can go see what all what's up with all that that shit. Sign up for our RSS feed. You can sign up for it on iTunes. You can also find us on Facebook with the Two True Freaks podcast Facebook page and the Two True Freaks Cantina. We are also on Twitter with the ageless and timeless Gene Gene, the podcasting machine. I still have a quick cry in my mouth. Gene. But that's where they can find me. Where can they find you, birthday cake face? Mm -hmm. I'm sucking on it. I'm just sucking the sprinkles and everything off of it. So good. I'm savoring it. Mm, mm. I almost want to stick a candle on mine. Mm, so good. Let me get a drink. You can find me at Guys and Jedi on Twitter. <coughs> where I get birthday cake in my throat. Um, I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molinex. And hey, did you know that me and Chris have a whole other podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons? You can listen to that on iTunes, on Podbean, and we're on Spotify now. It's wow. awesome. Yeah. So we're, me and Chris are currently going through Gravity Falls, and we're having the best time, and you should come join us. And you get to hear Chris sing and tell life stories, and we're having a really damn good time over on Chris Makes Hope, Watch, Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. Eventually, we're going to do a special where Chris makes me watch something that's going to be a special. It's coming. Anyway. I think I, I, think I know what the first thing I'm going to make you watch is, too. I'm thinking it's got, we should do it between uh, season one and season two. So, it's coming up. Wow. We're, yeah, we're only like five episodes away. Ah. And then and then I want to do a recap episode of the season like we normally do. So, yeah. Anyway. That's part of geekygirlexperience.com, where I write all sorts of reviews. Um, I'm currently doing a series for the the Owl House, so I've been writing writing weekly reviews for Owl House, and so that's been really fun, which is a show that I've just completely fallen in love with. You should check it out. And, yeah. Chris, we finish Rebels next week. Yeah, we're finishing it off. It both feels like it's taking... long. Yeah, like, I was thinking about that today, like... It feels like it flew by really fast, but then I was tra- starting to think back to like season one, and I was like, "Yeah, that like that feels so long ago." And maybe it's just because 2020 is just a hell year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I just I feel 2020, so tired. The eater of souls. Yes, yes. Yeah, like I, I was thinking, I was like, you know, there was so much energy, and we were so light and happy going through season one, and my grande boyfriend was there, my baby girl minister Tua. And then 2020 hit, I'm just like, oh, Rebels. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> so, yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, 2020 Rebels. gave us Season 7 of Clone Wars, too, though, so. Oh, thank God. I'm very that. excited about that. So, all right, well, we'll see you next week. I can tell you guys now, now next week's probably going to be a long episode strapping. <laughs> yeah, it's a double size, double size next week. Yeah, and there's so much. Like, there's there's Palfy, there's Blue Husbando, there's Space Whales, there's a lot. It's <laughs> all in there. Oh, yeah. So, all right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye.
visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids, good night. We're off? Good, well that ought to hold the little bastards.